Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked on Kings. I'm your host, Jason Ross. I'm here for you each and every day, Monday through Friday, talking NBA, talking Sacramento Kings in good and in bad. And we've got uh, more of the bad to get to today before we uh, move on. We'll get into that in a moment. Also, James Hamm. The insider for Comcast Sportsnet on the Sacramento Kings. He will join us on today's podcast. But how you find us right here on Audio Boom, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes. Subscribe there. Leave us ratings and reviews. And we certainly would appreciate that. You want to leave me email questions? You can for our Friday mailbag, jason.ross at cbsradio.com. On Twitter at jasonross1140. We'll get those questions answered on our Friday podcast. But I said kind of we're doing this each and every day for you. And James Ham to join us in a moment. But we got to go through the good, the bad, and the ugly. And in this case, we start with the ugly. Oh, man. I don't like these stories. Kings forward Matt Barnes, of course, uh, wanted for questioning by the New York Police Department for allegedly choking a woman and assaulting two others. That was at a nightclub. And you might have woken up and heard that news on Monday morning. Uh, here's a Matt Barnes attorney. Quote, we do not believe a crime was committed. We are cooperating with law enforcement and are hopeful no charges will be pressed. Matt is cooperating with NYPD's investigation. Now, that was from Matt Barnes's lawyer. Matt, however, would release something to uh, his Instagram account. Quote, there's always two sides to a story. The side the media consistently tries to paint of me and what actually happened. Don't believe everything you read. Now, all this came from TMZ. There's video. If you want to find it, you can. Uh, with Matt Barnes accused of choking a woman in New York City. DeMarcus Cousins, you can see on the video as well. So he is there. The Kings would issue a statement as well on Monday, quote, we have clear standards of conduct and behavior expected of the entire Kings organization on and off the court. We are working with all parties involved to gather information to or in order to take any appropriate next steps. All right. So, again, I don't have a whole lot of opinion to throw in on this because I don't know all of the details. All I can say is this. It just doesn't look good. There's no other way to say it. It doesn't look good. And my bit of advice I would give to any athlete, if they would even care to take it, is what do you have to gain? Not that you can't go out to the club, not that you can't go out and have a good time with friends and be responsible, and maybe that is even the case here. I'll even give Matt and DeMarcus and anybody involved 100% of the benefit of the doubt. But if you are the famous person, in this case, those two NBA players, certainly Matt Barnes and DeMarcus, you have so much more to lose. I don't know who these other people are. We won't even hear who they are once the story fully gets unearthed and developed. We, that's just the way it works. You guys make this a story. Not because of your actions, because of your name. Right or wrong, that's the way it works. You know that's the world you live in. You know that's how it works. And it's sad, but it's true. And I just hope 
people learn from this, that they learn from this, that they don't get themselves in a situation like this again. And it's just it's just unfortunate on a lot of levels that something like this happens and it will happen again, not to these guys per se, but it could. But it just happens. It's the, it's the world we live in. And again, I think Herm Edwards was one of the guys I remember hearing saying this. The coach says, nothing good happens after midnight. And again, plenty of people can do fun things and good things and be responsible. And I'm not even uh, casting guilt on anybody here. But until we get more details on exactly what happened, I mean, Matt's 36. He's been around the block a time or two. And just you want to try to avoid these situations, I guess, is the best way I can put it. And unfortunately, these two guys, and more specifically Matt Barnes, couldn't avoid it. I'm glad that they're cooperating. I guess we'll we'll go with that. That's If there is a good sign, that's a good sign that he's working with the uh, NYPD in this. But hopefully all things will get resolved, and we'll see where the King stance will end up ultimately on this story that happened the other day in New York. All right, we told you we're going to talk more with King's insider, James Ham. You see him on Comcast. You can follow him on Twitter. You see his work on Comcast Sportsnet. James joining us here on Locked on Kings. James, how are you? I'm good. I feel locked on. You feel locked, locked on. on? I feel like a, I feel like we're two Lego pieces. We're locked together. Well, that's good. And, and and I guess I'll let, let's start with like the uh, the dirt, the gossip, the stuff that goes on. We, we weren't in uh, any of the bars in New York. We weren't we weren't getting ourselves in trouble. But that that story is um, needs needs more stuff to be uncovered. But I guess I'll start by asking you about. Just the situation, without knowing all of the details 100%, it just doesn't look good to me for Barnes, for Cousins. Whether they're innocent, guilty, it, either way, I think it's just a kind of a stinky, silly situation. What do you think? Well, I think it is, too. And I think probably the biggest disappointment is that you got a 36-year-old veteran who was brought in to be a positive influence, who's running around with your 26-year-old superstar, and getting in some sort of fracas. And if you read some of the reports, like the the New York Post has has a write up on on this, and I don't know how factually accurate it is, but if it's even close, then it's crazy. Uh, you know, like bottles being thrown at each other and mm. all this stuff. And and watching Cousins, who I mean, I, I know Cousins well enough to know that he probably had a few drinks in him. Uh, in the video afterwards, I mean, it's just, it is such a bad look. And when you're trying to, you know, build character and build uh, the the chemistry and that whole, you know, everyone talks about this all the time with the Sacramento Kings, that they just have a back culture and you bring in guys like Anthony Toller and Garrett, and Garrett, Tull, uh, Garrett Temple, uh, you bring in these guys to be like positive role models and to sort of aid the growth of this team. And then you also decide that Ty Lawson and Matt Barnes are welcome. And and I'm not going to knock the Kings for like trying new things, but this is a bad look. It's, it's not anything that the Kings needed. That's for sure. But I guess maybe it distracts everyone from the seven and 13 record <laughs> that they have. And I guess, and, and you know, it's funny, Rondo gets suspended the same day. It just, yeah. You know, kind of, it, that's who the Kings almost it's who they have to get. They have to get guys that are looking to either, you know, a bit of a reclamation project or they just can't get out of their own way type players. Well, James, I think the Kings are an interesting part of this because, you know, I don't know what the league will do. They're going to have to look into the matter, but the Kings specifically, you're right. They, they brought in Matt Barnes knowing the person he is. He was a King before and 
Ty Lawson, kind of his background a little bit. But what do you think the Kings do with this specific situation? Do you think there's any any punishments they hand out? I don't think so. I, I mean, they're going to have to wait and see what the NBA does here. But at this point, Matt Barnes is is like a familiar face for Dave Yeager, and he's turned to him for almost 26 minutes a night. He's really given Matt Barnes a long leash. And some nights Matt Barnes has been absolutely phenomenal. And other nights he's just, I mean, like the, the New York game, it's one of 11 from the field, something like that. He took some really bad ill-advised shots down the stretch when he had a shot. Don't know what you're going to get from him on the court either. But the Kings, I mean, he, he signed a two-year deal in the second year as a player option there's really nothing you can do. He's part of your team. I guess you could sit him for a couple of games and get other players a shot, but you know, I don't know. You have to wait until the punishment comes down from the NBA and that might not be anything. I mean, Barnes is claiming that he did nothing and you know, he was attacked by other people and I don't know We're we're, I'm sure TMZ is going to find some other video and all of us are going to get, and here we go again. And so you know, it's it's a difficult situation to find yourself in when you have a player who, again, is under contract for more than just this year. You can't just wave him or do something, you know, drastic. You have to bring him back in the fold and say, hey, we just can't have that. And correct me if I'm wrong, James. I think this is the and, – and, again, I don't even know what his role was besides being there, DeMarcus Cousins, but I don't remember him being involved really in anything off the court at all, there was the one thing I guess this summer, but more towards his brother in in Florida. But I can't remember really anything with Cousins off the court. Can you? No, the only thing you see him off the court is doing good. That's true. And that's that's not, true. Yeah, I mean Santa Cousins and all that stuff. It's not to say that Cousins is perfect off the court, and you know he's he's had his issues in the locker room. But at the same time, you're right. He he isn't a guy who has ever been arrested or has ever had issues. And again, Matt Barnes, when you when you have the Collison situation that the Kings had this year, not to bring Darren up because he's sort of this was a one off for him, but Matt Barnes is not a one off. Matt Barnes has had all kinds of stuff. I mean, uh, he you know all, all kinds of stuff, hmm. not just the Derek Fisher stuff. There's other things that have gone on in this guy's career that you just shake your head and go, oh boy. Uh, and so I I don't know I. If I, it were me, I, I would consider drastic measures with him, hmm. uh, not having him around the club anymore. But, uh, you know, again, you picked your poison. And I don't want him spoiling the well with DeMarcus. I think DeMarcus is in a good place mentally. He, he's actually been really good for the Kings this year. Um, I think that at, once he got six or seven technicals, I think almost every single one of those are purely on reputation. And I mean, if even Draymond Green had his his reputation, had Cousins' reputation, he would have 12, 15 technicals at this point. I, I really think that a lot of these, you know, he, he had the Myers Leonard one, he had the Joe Kim Noah one. Those aren't technicals. Those are just little tiny skirmishes here and there that that shouldn't be called like that. And so I don't know. I it's a tough spot for the Kings, but you know, Cousins Cousins is your guy. You got to ride him and. I don't know. I would I would maybe put a buffer between him and Barnes. All right, well, let's move on to the team then. 20 games is a good spot to evaluate. That's a quarter of the season. Ah, 7 and 13. And the way the way I've kind of worded it James here on this podcast is they're three and a half out of 8th or you can look at it that they're three and a half out of the worst record in the NBA. Which direction do you think they're closer to? Top 8 or bottom of the league? 
Man, that's tough. I'm going to say bottom of the league, but at the same time, I can circle probably four games on their schedule already that they really should have won. And I, I don't think they are as bad as 7 and 13. I think they're more right around a 500 team, if I'm looking at them honestly. I, I think they've had some bad luck. I think they've had some bad calls. I think they've had a horrific schedule. But that doesn't change anything. At the end of the day, you have to win games. It's a uh, a league that, that basically, like every other sports league, it's all about wins and losses. And the Kings can talk about what they might have been able to do or who they could be, but they always seem to stumble and they, they can't get that out of their own way. And every time they have a positive two-game win streak, they back it up with a three-game losing streak. And that's what we've seen for like the last seven or eight years. It's the same exact sort of ritual that we go through where they start to look like they might be something and then they fall apart. So kind of hoping that we wouldn't see that this year. I think they've got a veteran group and there really isn't that many reasons for them to have this, these kind of struggles. You know, you lose to a bad Washington team, uh, you lose to a mediocre Knicks team. They just really can't get out of their own way. Yeah. And at seven and 13, we've seen coach Yeager, Tinker with the lineups quite a bit. Maybe not as much the starting lineup, but a little bit there. There were times where Omri's completely forgotten. Now he's in the mix. Ben was in the mix. Now he's forgotten. Willie in and out. It, it's It's been a big juggle, but it, what do you think is the best lineup? I know a lot of people have debated that. And they haven't had great guard play consistently this year. Would, would you see a, a tweak at the lineup maybe helping this team? I, I definitely think it would would totally change the this team. I don't think it's, you can say that where you can say, hey, you know, if you use this guy with this guy, everything up. But uh, starting too big and a disaster and uh, and Jaeger went away from it for like and then went right back to it. And I, I think it just plugs up the entire lane and it, it slows everything down for players like Ty Lawson and Darren Cole. Um, I think Garrett Temple is really, really well, and I would like to see Jaeger use him alongside Darren Colson more and sort of reinvent what he had in Memphis with uh, with Tony Allen and Mike Connolly Jr. I think they both have similar player types, so I think that might work as a starting backcourt. And then turn to... Costa Kufis off the bench. I, I don't care who you start at the four. You can slide Rudy Gay to the four and, and Cousins to the five and slide Caspi to the three, or you can put Caspi at the four and get that speed going. You can put Willie Cauley-Stein in. Um, I, I don't really care who it is that you, you bring in for that position. I just don't understand starting two true centers. Um, and, again, I think it just it muddies the water. The whole key looks just completely collapsed. So that's what I would do. I, I would make two changes to the starting lineup, that shooting guard spot and that, that power forward spot. And then the other cool thing about this team is you've got three starters from George Carl's 57-win uh, Denver Nuggets team from like three or four years ago in Ty Lawson, Aaron Aflalo, and Costa Kufis. They've actually played really well together, even off the bench, and I think they can get up and down the court and sort of mix up the flow of the game for this team and so that's what I keep preaching, but it's falling on deaf ears, uh, and I'm sure other people are are in Dave Yeager's ear as well, saying, "Look, 
maybe we should try something different. But even again, you think he starts two bigs against Noah and Porzingis, and he's starting him because he thinks, you know, they have two bigs. And then he found out very quickly that Willie Cauley-Stein was a better matchup against Porzingis. He's a better matchup when they go smaller with, with Carmelo Anthony. And he just hasn't used Willie hardly at all all season. He's only played over 20 minutes twice all season. So I just think that there's a different way to do this. Now, again, I'm not a head coach in the NBA. And, you know, I'm just like you. I sit here and watch what you watch, and, and then I write on it, and I cover it, and I see what the guys are doing in the locker room. But there's some – some movement here that I would do that just hasn't quite happened until they do that. Or if they do that, are you getting any sense that they may be aggressive? I don't know, looking to change the roster even again, maybe come trade deadline time. Cause this team is kind of like we said, hovered. they could go up, they could go down. Do you think this team will be aggressive at the trade deadline, which is still a, a you know, several weeks away? Yeah. I think that if they're in, I mean, you just don't know if they're going to be in buy buy mode or sell mode. If they are in sell mode, this team is really interesting. I would, I know some people say, oh, you got to get something for Rudy Gay. And I think if you pull Ru- Rudy Gay out of this team, it becomes completely unwatchable. And that's part of the, you know, that's part of the reason why you trade Rudy Gay before the, before training camp starts. So you can start fresh without him and you can start building a team without him. But they've become so reliant on Rudy Gay that I don't know how they would fill the void left by him if they did pull him out of the lineup and, and, and deal him. I mean, you would have to get a similar player back or a, a really a high-volume scoring small forward in return, and I don't know who's going to trade Rudy Gay straight up for someone like that. Um, but the Kings have so many free agents this, this coming summer. You know, if you look at you know Lawson and Collison, McLemore, Caspi, uh, they can opt out of the deals with a Flalo and Tolliver. You've got Gay. I mean, is it better just to wait till the summer and let most of these guys expire and figure out what you really want to do? Whether you want to, you know, bring a guy like Collison back, or you know, if you want to just go chase big, big money players. I mean, I think they've got a lot of decisions to do, and it's going to have to happen on the fly. But I don't think the Kings are in a position to go out and move a piece to go get better right now. Hmm. And, and I think that's a, that's trouble. And maybe they could get better next off season with, with a, a draft pick, if they were able to get someone to to take on someone for a draft pick. But overall, I mean, that's the biggest issue that I see is like, how do you really improve this team? Because your biggest asset is DeMarcus Cousins. Your second biggest asset is Rudy Gay. But if they're gone, what do you got? Yeah. And, and that's not an indictment on the other players, but what do you have as a structure of the team? I mean, I think the team falls apart completely without those two players in it right now. They're sort of two legs to your table. You take those two out, and your table's just going to fall. You brought up Cousins certainly is the biggest asset for sure that they have on their team. He's having a great season. Do you think they have clarity on what they want to do, knowing that he's up in a year and a half? Do, do they know they're going forward with him for sure, or do they, you think they have their plan with Cuz? I think they have their plan. I think other people have their plans for what they believe they should do with Cousins, mm. and that's why we keep seeing you know, things in the press about – it's always prefaced like, oh, you know, uh, another Western Conference executive said that they would trade Cousins to, at this point. And, and I, I don't know. I mean, maximum value, you should have traded him last year. Uh, again, if you're going to sort of go at the last 
ditch effort of maximum value, you trade him at this trade deadline for whatever you can possibly get that involves massive amounts of draft picks and young players. Um, I mean, we always circle the Boston Celtics as the team just because they have the Brooklyn Nets pick this year, uh, the ability to swap with Brooklyn, and then they had Brooklyn Nets pick next year and their own pick. So they can actually give you two Nets picks. They can give you Jalen Brown. They can give you maybe an Avery Bradley to share up your shooting. They can give you a lot of pieces to try to rebuild. But the problem is that you have no guarantee that any of those players will ever develop. Any of those draft picks will ever be anything close to what DeMarcus Cousins is right now. He's 26 years old. You got him for another 18 months. And you could walk into this summer and offer him a massive five-year extension to go on after next season. And I think he would take it. He wants to win. He wants to see that the Kings are building towards something. But they've been pretty clear with him about what the plan is, and he didn't already ask to leave. Yeah. And so I have a, a feeling that he would take a monster extension and say, I'm going to keep going here. He loves Sacramento. He loves the community. He loves being the big fish in a small pond. Uh, he, he really does enjoy you know, what's happening here. He just wishes they would win more, and you know they were hoping that would happen this year. But again, you just you don't know. This team is so up in the air. You know that's the one thing I do have to give him. I, I've I've been one that thought maybe they could move him, get something like you've kind of alluded to, but he has not expressed that interest. And I don't know what it would take for him to express a desire to leave, based on everything he's been through, the threat of the team leaving, different GMs, different coaches, different players. He's been here through all of it. I, I can't imagine a scenario where he finally shows up and says one day, I want out. I, I just don't know that that day will come from Cousins. Yeah, and if it if that day doesn't come from Cousins, then why do you trade him if you're the Sacramento Kings? And I get it. A lot of people keep saying, well, you've never won with him. But at the same time, I don't think they've ever put a team around him. I mean, the first year I covered the team was the 2010-2011 season. A year later – seven of their their players weren't in the NBA anymore. Mm. We're talking about, you know, guys like Pujetter, Antoine Wright, mm. Luther Head. I mean, even Hassan Whiteside had already left the league. And, you know, if you look at Dante Green, you know, there's so many players from that team that weren't even in the league anymore. The the Maloofs ran in his first two years the lowest payroll in the in the NBA. And then even when they started to spend a little bit more money it just wasn't nearly enough to compete. And now we're seeing, you know, Vivek, he's spending money, but he's he's got to get the right pieces. You know, I, again, I wrote the other day on Isaiah Thomas being the one that got away. Yeah. I mean, he's the one asset that they've had that, you know, sort of you took a, a 60th pick and he's been, he's scored more points than all 60 picks combined since 1989 in his career. You just don't find a diamond in the rough like that, and to see him just get squandered for a trade exemption and, and Alex Oriaki hmm. after he, he averages 20 and 6 in a season, it doesn't matter whether you think he's a starting NBA point guard or not. That that's a it's an item that you hold on to, and you, you know he again a player that wanted to be in Sacramento, wanted to be in this community, and you just push him out the door. So the Kings can't make mistakes like that anymore. They can't miss on Damian Lillard in the draft or I mean you can just keep going sure. about the Clay Thompsons, the Kawhi Leonard's, the 
you know, I, there's so many of them, the Antetokounmpo's of the world that the Kings just passed on. You got to, you got to own how bad the draft has been. And that's another reason why I say, if you're going to trade cousins for a bunch of draft picks, who's going to draft those draft picks? Yeah. I mean, who's going to draft them? And, and that's tough because Papianis, Malachi, Scowley BCA, Willie Cauley-Stein, do those four give you enough confidence in the current regime's ability to draft to hand them DeMarcus Cousins and, and say, go get me enough trade assets back? And I'm not, I'm not trying to call out those guys. I'm just saying we don't know if those four have a, a big enough resume to show you. And if you don't know, I mean, we're not talking about someone with a, a career of, you know, even a Jeff Petrie who – who very rarely missed in the draft when he was in the draft, you know, a guy who was able to build. So it, it's scary times. That's, you know, it's, it's not an easy feeling to be the general manager of the Sacramento Kings right now, just because there is so much uncertainty about what direction you should go. And then you're, if you're the guy who gave up the Marcus Cousins, you better be able to hit two or three home runs with the, with what you get back in return. Well, lastly, James, I want to ask you about what you brought up about the, the three draft picks. It's really rare to be a lottery team to get three first-round picks and they don't play. At least they haven't through the first 20 games. Is there a time this season we see those guys? Do you see that in the foreseeable future? Or is that still kind of, hey, let the season play, pick its direction, and then kind of adjust whether or not they're going to play the rookies? I think Dave Yeager has 12 players and he's still trying to figure out which of the 12 of those he wants to use. If you want to add in three more, then it gets even more confusing. So if there's a point where he gives up on Aaron Afalo because he's, he's not having a a great season. He's really struggling to find his niche with this team. If there's a point where you give up on him and you bring up a Malachi, then that's one thing. But again, he has so many players he can use at that, that, power forward spot he's got so many players he can use at the center position I mean he's got three seven footers already on his roster how are you going to fit Papianis in so I do like that the the Reno Bighorns were able to add a point guard and and give those guys someone to sort of run a true offense through Um, but it's those guys need this time to grow and to be better and I think the NBA, the D League, is going to become a much more valuable piece to the league. And you're not going to leave guys on your bench anymore. You're going to let them go up with coaches that are running your system and sort of create a, a balance where they can just come up and plug and play them right into a system that may work and they understand the ins and outs of it. I mean, you got to teach your 12 veterans this new system and then having to teach three rookies on top of that, that same system, I think it's better that they're up with Derek Martin sort of getting that, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that training that they can really use and bring up. Now, that's not to say that Malachi couldn't come up and maybe give you better minutes than Ben or Aaron Aflalo right now. It's very possible. But it's also possible that he would be shell-shocked at the NBA level and you could do what you've done to Macklemore all over again where you've kind of – you know, maybe you ruined a kid because he wasn't ready to, to start 82 games a year and you had no other choice. Well, James, it's always great catching up with you. I know you continue to do great work on the television side, certainly all your writing. People can follow you on Twitter. And we will see you, I guess, Friday when this team is uh, finally back home against the Knicks. Boy, this month they're not home much, but uh, we'll, we'll see you on Friday. And thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me in, J. Ross.
All right, there you go. James Ham joining me today on Locked on Kings. My thank to James. My thanks to James again. He does really good work. You can follow him as the Kings Insider all the time on Twitter. Certainly there's uh, ways to see him there. You see him on the broadcast, though, certainly, and uh, his writing. But it's at James underscore Ham, H-A-M. And that's how you follow him on Twitter. But see him on Comcast with Coes and with Doug. And uh, certainly follow his writing as well. So my thanks to James Ham for joining me today on Locked on Kings. We thank you for listening. Again, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, leave us ratings and uh, reviews there. We really appreciate that. Questions for Friday's mailbag in the email version. Send that to me at jason.ross at cbsradio.com or question on Twitter at jasonross1140. Uh, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, other ways to find us. Tell a friend. Let them know we're here each and every day talking NBA, talking about the Sacramento Kings. Again, that's it for us today. Thanks again to James Ham, and thank you for listening to another edition of Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, Every day. And something without one love bears heavy on my mind. Then I look at you, and the world's all right with me. Just one look at you, and I know it's gonna be. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17